Good morning. It is a uh, somber Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. And yeah, I mean, it's been just sort of a gutting 24 hours in the uh, in the Baltimore sports landscape. And there's no real right way around it. Um, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend every moment of today's show on sadness, but there's no way that we can't have the show reflect what it is that you guys are feeling. And it's been as difficult a 24 hours as a lot of us have experienced as fans of the Baltimore Ravens. And um, I don't, I don't know that there's some sort of big takeaway. I don't have anything that I can gloss over and say, well, here's how it's all okay. It, it just sucks. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It just sucks. It sucks um, to lose not only someone so young and so full of life and someone who, I, as I told you, I liked so much personally in Jalen Ferguson and who is such a, a special young man to then follow that up with the loss of, a, of an institution still at a far too young age as Tony Siragusa passed away at the age of 55. Um, it's easier to celebrate lives when those lives weren't cut so short, when those lives were truly full. 25 years from now, Tony Siragusa passed away, we'd be able to celebrate much easier. Yesterday was just this sort of awkward, retching feeling of this person that's been so ubiquitous in our lives no longer being there and we want to celebrate what a unique life he lived but we also recognize he's 55 years old it's not supposed to be like this and so you try to play all the right notes you try to touch all the bases you try to cover every aspect of it you try to talk about his incredibly unique American life. But at the same time, understand it, this is still very much a tragedy. There's no easy way to handle all of that. We're going to, um, we're definitely going to talk about Tony Siragusa throughout the course of the morning. Uh, Lionel Dalton's going to join us here in a few minutes. And, um, you know, you never know who else might pop up during the course of the next couple of hours. <sighs> Stephen Means, uh, who decided, you know, we'd, we'd move back a day yesterday after the tragic passing of Jalen Ferguson is scheduled to join us today. We'll see. You just know it's, it's a difficult time for everybody right now. There's kind of no way around it. It's a very difficult time for everybody. And I know it's a really difficult time for Ravens fans. I, and, I, and I certainly understand that. And particularly because of what, what a part of our lives it felt like Tony Siragusa was in so many different capacities. Um, I got together with Stan the Fan and uh, John Coulson, who, who knew Tony quite well, for a, a Facebook video yesterday to, to talk about Tony. And what we were talking about was sort of the parallel, not to say that Tony Siragusa was Art Donovan, but he was the closest thing the Ravens had to Art Donovan. He's not Art Donovan as a player, but Tony Saragusa was a damn good football player. And that can't be lost. 
it's it is imperative that we talk about that because clearly what we're going to talk about most is Tony Siragusa the character, Tony Siragusa um the personality. And that's all well and good and and yes, probably what most people remember about Tony Siragusa, but it is important to note that Tony Siragusa was a damn good football player. And in a time in football where running the ball was ubiquitous it's what teams did you needed to have massive run stuffers like tony saragusa it's still nice to have them today by the way because teams do still every now and then try to run the football but it was imperative in the late 90s early 2000s imperative to have someone like that and yes we associate him with flopping on rich gannon and something that not necessarily was a football play, and frankly was dirty. There's kind of no way around it. And if it happened to one of our guys, we'd probably hate him forever. But, you know, the Ravens won the Super Bowl, and we really like Tony Saragusa, so we kind of are willing to look the other way on that. Tony Saragusa was a damn good football player. A damn good football player. And a significant part, football only, of what might have been the greatest defense in football history. But what made it so more personal for us, what made it so much more significant for for Ravens fans was Tony Siragusa, the personality. Was this larger-than-life, no pun intended, individual that did go so far out of his way in the infancy of a franchise to be the guy to connect with the community. And that, to me, is the part of the Tony Saragusa story that's most important, I think, to Baltimore. But the Ravens, by virtue of winning a Super Bowl, by virtue of becoming the organization they ultimately became, were always going to matter in this town. But it is very difficult. It's clearly impossible for someone Griffin's age and and even older than that to understand truly what a disconnect there was in 1996, 1997. We were excited about football being here, but there were a lot of people that were still... There were people that still rooted for the Colts helmets. There were still a lot of people that didn't feel good about the way the football team arrived, there was still a a confusion about all of these emotions. We were willing to try to embrace this new thing with new colors, but we kind of didn't know how to. We were interested, and we were glad to have football, but we didn't have a connection yet. The Baltimore Colts legends went a long way to trying to help establish that connection further. And frankly, the, you know, the, the Ravens reaching out and connecting with the Baltimore Colts legends went a long way into doing that. John Zeman and the band went a long way into doing that. David Modell, more than perhaps anyone else, went a long way, an incredibly long way, into trying to establish that connection with this community. But as players go, 
without question, the most important in the early days of the franchise was Tony Siragusa. And it's not particularly close, which isn't to say there weren't other players that were willing to go out and make appearances and to go out and be around Ravens fans. There were a lot of them, frankly. Ironically, now, it would be very difficult to explain, again, to someone of Griffin's age, just how, how willing these athletes were to just kind of be regular people within the community. It was it wasn't like it was when, you know, Baltimore Colts players were working jobs in the offseason here and then playing football. You know, these guys were making enough money, they didn't do that. But they weren't as wealthy as they are now, and there was far more of a touch between player and community. But no one's who was more significant than Tony's. Because by virtue of his status as a player, combined with his larger-than-life personality, his interest in doing media, in doing interviews, in being engaging, hilarious, self-deprecating, all, by virtue of all of those things... Tony made for the perfect representative for this franchise as they tried to establish themselves here. And yes, as so many people have pointed out, so many Tony Siragusa stories cannot be shared. But he was exactly what this franchise needed in order to help establish the connection between city and team. And it was fortified by others. It's, it, it would be wrong to suggest. Jared Johnson, for example, someone who went a long way as the franchise moved forward. Derek Mason as the franchise moved forward. It's why I, I have such affinity for Tyus Bowser today because he wants to go out of his way. To connect with this city. His personal brand to the side. He wants to connect here. And that was so much of what made Tony Siragusa so special. Yes, he branded himself quite well. Yes, he set himself up well to be an actor, to appear in movies and on The Sopranos, and to get a job with Fox post-playing career. He became a national commodity who would appear on talk shows. He could be a guest on the David Letterman program or with Howard Stern. But he cared about connecting here. And what we know now, as one of the model franchises in all of professional sports, benefited so greatly from Tony Saragusa. Un- unfathomably funny, yes. I, 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 one of the, some of the things that I'll tell you about, and I didn't, you know, I didn't get to know Tony personally until after his playing career. You know, I'm thirty. I'm 38. I'll be 39 in uh, here in a few weeks. Um, I I did not know Tony while he played because I was a kid. I wasn't in this business 
for another couple of years. I got to know Tony personally. Message with him on Facebook. He'd mess with me. I mean, I, I was not as close with Tony as you know, I'm sure when you hear Keith Mills or Paul Mittermeier or Stan the Fan or you know any of these guys that have been around town for a very long time, they're closer with Tony. Jerry Sandusky, they're closer with Tony. Viv, for sure. Scott Garceau, my God. I got to know him, and I'm grateful for that because I was a Tony Siragusa fan. I remember being a senior at Perry Hall High School, skipping school to be at the parade and losing my mind when Tony Siragusa got up out of his car and said, the hell with that, I'm going to walk because I want to go try to touch everyone here. I don't think he got all of us, but I think he got a whole lot. I was a fan of Tony Siragusa. Like everybody else, here's this fat, loud, obnoxious guy who's hilarious, connected with him the way that everyone else did in town. I loved Tony Siragusa. Loved him. There is no more impactful player outside of the legendary. We Look, Tony Siragusa never made a Pro Bowl as a Raven, and we've kind of always treated that as being like the line of demar- for demarcation for whether you can get into the Ring of Honor. Joe Flacco is going to break that. But in hindsight, we probably missed the boat here. In hindsight... The impact that Tony Siragusa had on this community and establishing this franchise almost certainly should have been worthy. And it would be difficult for it to happen posthumously, but I do think appropriate because I believe we now have greater context and we have more thought as to why Tony Siragusa was more important than the average person. Take nothing away from, you know, the, the Kelly Greggs who are very popular. As as popular Ravens go, Kelly Gregg, very high on the list. And by the way, Kelly's going to join us tomorrow um, and, and talk more about his relationship with Tony Saragusa as, as he made his way in the NFL. And I'm not saying it would be a crime for Kelly Gregg to be in the Ring of Honor, but I can separate that. Kelly Gregg was able to carve out such a unique relationship with this city because of the foundation that was laid. And Tony was so critical in laying that foundation that in hindsight, you know what, we screwed that up. And, I, and I'm sorry that I didn't see it until now. And I know, I think that I've talked before about how I'm in favor of there being more broad honors and I'm in favor of there being more ways for us to recognize impactful people, impactful players, impactful whatever it is within the organization. Tony Siragusa is worthy of, of that type of recognition because he was a damn good football player, but because of what he did in helping to pave the way for the franchise that we know and the relationship that is shared between this city and this football team. 
we owe a debt. Again, we have all these memories. And I love reading everybody's personal stories. Tony Weaver, right? See, Anthony Weaver, who told us yesterday on social media, if you missed it, that, and I, again, have never known this, that until he arrived in Baltimore, he was Tony Weaver. Never heard that in my life. Decided he would go by Anthony specifically so that he didn't have to be a Tony following Tony Siragusa. Wearing number 98. I love hearing everyone's personal stories. Jessica Jackson, I, I don't even know how it happened, but said a couple years ago, just through a, an interaction on social media, Tony Siragusa called her father on Christmas. Tony was active on like Facebook. He had a Facebook page. If I needed to get in touch with... This is a true story. If I needed to get in touch with Tony, and he hadn't responded to a text or to a call... I would just send him a message on Facebook. And Tony Siragusa, this larger-than-life figure, would, would just reply. And I know, because I talked to other people, that he just did it with Ravens fans. It wasn't just because he knew me and you know I, I worked in media or was on the radio or whatever. He would just respond. I love hearing every one of those personal stories. It is up there. And to take nothing away from, again, any of these other remarkable athletes who have done so much for this community, like Jonathan Ogden and, and Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, that, that are Hall of Fame caliber players. I don't believe there's been a Raven that has been more impactful in the connection between this franchise and the people of this city and the people of this region than Tony Siragusa. And again, I'm, I'm just so... I'm I'm as shooken, shaken by it as you are. I am incredibly grateful for the legacy of Tony Saragusa, for the impact that he's had, um, and for the number of just painfully funny memories that we're able to share about Tony Saragusa. John Colson told a story yesterday about him doing a show at the barn on Thanksgiving and literally deep frying a turkey on the stage at the barn in a packed room where at any moment that thing could have gone wrong, it could have burnt down the barn and killed hundreds of people. But Tony Saragusa said, don't worry about it. I've got it. Sure enough, he did. Ah, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Uh, I know this man uh, spent uh, a lot of time with Tony as they shared uh, defensive line together during um, their their respective times in Baltimore. Um, I'm, I'm first of all, grateful that he's doing well health-wise because we were worried that we might lose him a little while ago. Um, it is it's such a pleasure to welcome back Lionel Dalton. I just wish it wasn't under these circumstances. He is a Super Bowl champion. Jelly Roll, it's Glenn. I'm sorry this is what we're talking about, but I always appreciate you taking the time for us. All right, we got to try to get that figured out, figure out what's going on. Um, apologies, Lionel. We'll see what we can do about that. Um, and you know what? Yep, we'll get that figured out somehow, some way. See, see if that might not help out a little bit and we can keep going that way and if not then what we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll try to fix it during the break that's what we'll try to do let's see go ahead 
bring it, bring it. Oh, nope, that's definitely not it. That's not the one. All right, do me a favor. Lionel, hang tight. We're going to get to you. I'm so sorry. we got to figure out what's going on with our board. We're going to do that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. keith lee appreciate you guys having me man bill goldberg my pleasure charlotte thank you so much for having me mick foley is with us this is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Go. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Buy a Toyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. My apologies. Let's try this one more time. Lionel Dalton, Jelly Roll himself, joining us here on GCR. Lionel, it's Glenn. So sorry these are the circumstances, but thank you for taking the time for us. No problem. Anytime. Um, Jelly Roll, can you t- do you remember like the first ever interaction that you had with Tony Siragusa? For me, it was my rookie year, um, and I was, you know, Goose was the Hayes, the rookie, so. And um, he took a liking to me. He used to pick on me all the time. So I used to have to bring him beer and um, barbecue to his room every night. He <laughs> training camp. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember with Goose. And then the following year, he kind of, you know, took me on his wing and started, you know, mold me 
one of the reasons I got to play so long because I learned so much from Groove. What'd you learn, Lionel? Tell me about that. Tell me about when, you know, what just, did... Just, just take, I mean, off the field, you know, he has a personality, so we have fun, but I mean, I'm talking about from a technique standpoint of how to be a professional, uh, how to interact with the, you know, with you guys, the media. Um, he actually did media training with me once. Um, he just always, he always critiqued me. And he even critiqued a lot of other guys. So he kind of, uh, I was told that means he liked me. I mean, so, um, <laughs> I, he definitely seemed to have a way if he liked you to um, be aggressive in that. Right, 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 right. You know, and I, I just remember hard knocks and him and Shannon Sharp going at it and all the pranks. And uh, he definitely made my time in Baltimore enjoyable. My favorite moment was him pulling up to the helicopter to practice. That was hilarious. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So, so remind me of that. Yeah, he brought the helicopter to practice. We thought Goose was late. Like, everybody talking about Goose late. <laughs> and we was looking at practice, and this helicopter in the middle of practice, we about to do, uh, I think, 907. And Goose pulled up in a helicopter. That was hilarious. Man. Oh, man. So, uh, he definitely had a lot of fun with Goose. Lionel Dalton with us here on GCR. Lionel, how important, you know, it, we, of course, we've been talking a lot this morning about, you know, Tony Saragusa. And, and his character and his personality and being so larger than life. But from a football standpoint, how critical was he in what you guys were able to do in building maybe the greatest defense of all time? Well, you know, Goose was a master of eating up blockers, you know. So he made it with Ray Lewis and Shannon Sharp and Peter Bowyer, those guys. Didn't have to worry about the offensive lineman getting to the second level. And he taught me a lot about that. He taught me how to do that. And, and, and those techniques I used throughout my nine-year career, that helped prolong my career. So he was definitely a force to be working in the middle. Um, come on, you got 400 pounds coming nonstop. I mean, who's going to stop him? And, you know, the fans loved him. And, um, you know, he was the house favorite. Everybody loved Goose. He was like, what's not to like about Goose, you know? It was hard not to like Goose. No, oh, I mean, he he did. You know, we were, one of the other things we were just talking about a minute ago, Jelly Roll, was that, it's 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 hard, you know. My uh, Griffin, my my sidekick, he's he has no idea. I mean, he was he wasn't even alive at this point, right? It's hard to explain to to Ravens fans of young ages that, like at the time, the Ravens weren't this ubiquitous beloved franchise. There was still some right. awkwardness, right? Like, and and when you arrived in the late nineties, you know, like yes, you guys were popular and we wanted to like you, but like. It wasn't what it is today. Is I know you've been back yeah, a lot in recent years. It was a lot of people on the fence about, you know, the old coach fans. They were mad and the Cleveland Brown fans. I mean, you know, it wasn't until we won that Super Bowl, I think, that the city really started to embrace us and love us. I, and, um, I really do believe that Tony went a long way there. Like, that, that because of his personality, because of his willingness, you mentioned to do media and to, to go out and touch people and – I, I it really feels to me as though Tony as as a player goes was as responsible as anyone for establishing the connection between this city and this franchise. Yeah, he was definitely instead of it's just now he wasn't just a player, he was like an entertainer as well. So yep. he definitely um he kept you guys media on their toe. They had they you never you didn't know what to expect with Goose. <laughs> you know, one day he might be flying in a helicopter, the next day he might Tell me the rookies to buy barbecue for the whole team, or it was um, 
We had a good time, man. I can't. I mean, I got so many stories. Sometimes I can't tell you about on the radio. I understand that. I, I it's it's been. By the way, that's been a common refrain over the last couple of days. <laughs> it's some things I just can't say, but we had a great time, man. Wait, what was the uh, what was the barbecue order, Lionel? Like, what was when when during training the barbecue camp? Barbecue order. I think that was when Tony Romans was in Orange Mill. Is he still there? I don't think so. Actually, I, was, Tony Romans was in there, and he had me. I think it was about a thousand dollars worth of ribs. What? And and I had to pay for it myself. It was my turn. And he made he didn't make me just buy for the D line. He made me buy for the all D line and the linebackers and the D backs. So I had to buy for the whole defense. A thousand dollars worth of ribs. A th- I had to buy a thousand dollars worth of ribs. Did you did you get to enjoy any of them or was, you know? I had a little bit, but you know <laughs> he, he paid me back. You know we hung out a couple times after that. After I got established as a player on the team, he paid me back. He took me out a few times after that. That's cool. But um. Yeah, I mean, it was just part of the, you know, they don't haze anymore. I think that's over now. I don't think they haze anymore in, um, in sports. But um, that was part of the um, what made him special, man. You know, he made everything enjoyable. He made training camp fun because training camp sucked, you know. And Goose always do something crazy, hilarious to make us forget about those two-a-days. And, um, yeah, fun, man. I enjoy my time with Goose, man. I don't. Like I said, I stuff I can't tell you, but yeah, we have fun. <laughs> is there is there anything that maybe people don't know? Because again, we all know Tony Saragusa largely, but is there anything that maybe we don't know about Tony that 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 maybe you say, hey, as as a teammate, this really meant more to me, and I, and I feel like as people remember and celebrate Tony Saragusa, they should know this about him. Uh, he gave me relationship advice about women. He told me dating, but like, he always talked to me about like, don't mess with her. Really? Yeah, everybody, everybody on the team, play with her, or you know, uh, he uh, he always used to tell me that about certain women. He'd see me out with them if he knew them, or he would give me relationship advice. He was definitely a family man. He loved his daughter. I met her. She's grown now, but I met her at the Super Bowl here in Atlanta where I live. Now we hung out for a little bit. And wow. uh, I met his daughter. She goes to University of Alabama. Beautiful girl. His family beautiful. He's um, definitely a family man. I don't know if everybody knows that. Uh, he's a big guy. He's been with his wife, I think, since college. So, yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a hundred. And I know his his son had just graduated from college too, um, recently from Villanova, and and it, it's a great point that for as as big a personality as he was, as larger than life, and as much of a celebrity. As he was, he was extraordinarily grounded as far as his family was concerned. Right, yeah. He loved his family. He always had his family with him. Um, I met his daughter and when she was two, and then I met her again when she was 20. I guess at the Super Bowl. So um, she was with him at the party. We got a party. Like Gary V had a party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Gary V. The guy yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a party, and you know, Goosen got me tickets there, and we hung out. It was fun, man. Um he always been a good guy, man. He always, you know, I don't know, man. He took a liking to me. Like, as I was a free agent rookie and I made the team, so it was hard, you know. So he wanted to see me succeed, and, um, you know, we had a lot of good times. Um, it was hard talking to his best friend, Rob Burnett. I called Rob Burnett the other day because I know they were really close. And Rob was taking it pretty hard. Um, but, um, yeah, man, it's been tough for me, man, because I was, I started crying for a little bit yesterday because I just, so soon, somebody, you know, somebody was such a great personality. He's so young, they died so soon, man. It, it kind of sucked that we didn't get to experience them longer. 
Did, did you stay, you mentioned that you saw him in Atlanta. Did you stay in touch with him, like, you know, regularly over the years? Even as, you know, we all know what you've been through I mean, the last it'd be like, I talked to, like, all the guys, maybe all the guys from the defense. I still hang out with defensive linemen and around maybe three or four times a year we talk. Um, we all, I go to all the Super Bowls, so we always hang out at the Super Bowl. Yeah. At the player, retired players' parties. And um, so I saw Goose in San Francisco at the Super Bowl, and I saw him at the in Atlanta, and um, we hung out, had a good time, talking, showing me, introducing to his, you know, his kids and they growing up, and talked about those acting what I've been doing and my family and everything. So, um, yeah, man, it's um, we stay in touch, man. It's kind of sad though. It's been kind of sad. It's been really rough, you know. Just um, you know, why goose? You know, if anybody, right. you know, I don't want anybody to pass away, but why him out of anybody? Cause he's one of the good guys that everybody loves. Truly a light, right? Like truly right. someone who went out of their way to be a light for a lot of people and and to make those connections and I, and I think that's what we it's it's because we're I, and Lionel to your point we are I mentioned this at the top of the show today we're struggling with the celebration of such an incredible what a unique American life Tony Saragusa lived right like we're right. we're celebrating that but at the same time recognizing you know we 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 needed three more decades at least you know like they, they, my god right. the, the this to be the life that's cut short um yeah. no man no but but yet reflecting in my, my god how much did tony saragusa live over 55 years you know like my it feels like he lived the lives of three men during the span of his yeah, yeah. his short yeah, he life yeah he, he had a great life I think I lived in Florida. I think I would have been in Florida. He had a property in Florida. We could go out and go on the boat, go fishing sometimes. Um, man, uh, I'm still in shock. You know, I've been in shock. I didn't believe it at first. I understand. But, um, I got the call from Matt Little and uh, Kyle Richardson, the old punter. Yeah. And, uh, it was it was it was for real. You know, so um, I'm still taking it all in, man. I like you know it's one of those things like I don't believe like damn why goose, but uh. He will be missed. Um, I've been posting a lot of pictures of us, you know. I, I, I saw, you know? I, I saw, I, and Twitter. Yeah, man, I've been trying to pull up all our old pictures, man, and um, just reminiscing the good times I had to enjoy with him when he was here. Lionel, I, I know it's a really difficult day, um, and, I, and I really appreciate you being willing to take a couple minutes for us, and I'm, I'm grateful. I know. Um, you, you are doing some incredible work now, um, for a lot of people that, that were in situations that you were in. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I, I want to continue to, to lift and support that. Can, can you plug the, the jelly roll, the gift of life foundation? Yeah. Jelly roll gift of life, um, foundation is the organization where I, um, need a kidney transplant. And I realized a lot of people can't afford to get transplants because of, they can't afford the medication. But they can't afford the copay, and so what we do is we raise money to pay for medications, to pay for copays, and we also help people fly to different cities to get on multiple lists. Because certain cities have different waiting times for kidneys, but depending on how serious you need a kidney, that's the list we try to help you get on in that particular city with a shorter list. We pretty much raise the money for people to combat expenses for people who usually can't afford their medications or to get transplants. 
it's it's an incredible thing, and I know how much you know. I I know you you looking at your own mortality just a couple years ago, Lionel. We'll have people get the jelly roll gift of uh, gift of gift to sorry jelly roll gift, gift of, of life. life. Jeez, I don't gift know why. Yeah, yeah, je- jelly roll gift of life dot org in order to yeah. find out more. Lionel Dalton, I'm so sorry. This is why we're chatting, but I greatly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to um, oh, share time, some memories. Man, time, man. Celebrate Goose life, man. Try to remember the good times, man. I'm trying to find the old hard knocks films now. I've been trying to find them and look at some of them. The, uh, the, uh, the, the one with Shannon yeah. was going around yesterday. And yeah, it, yeah. If, so, you've, if you've never seen it, it will be a belly laugh. Unlike his Tony's deadpan of... Gee, I think it was those rookies, man. I just, I just think, I hope they find who did that. <laughs> like, it's just so painstakingly funny. It's so wonderful. All right, brother. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. L- love you, man. Thank you for taking the time for uh, thank us. You really guys. appreciate Anytime. you. Lionel Dalton, Jelly Roll himself, Super Bowl champion, uh, obviously a fellow defensive lineman. If you've, uh, if you've never seen, again. There's there's two groups of people. There's people that have forgotten about certain things, like me, from Hard Knocks, just because we're 21 years removed, which is kind of crazy to think about, versus people like Griffin, who literally were not alive at that point. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this clip. That you you got it. There's there's a few different clips that were going around yesterday. I know. Um, the clip of him talking about his own father's death on the Howard Stern show was going around a lot, and that was really, I mean, that was that was very, it was heartbreaking, and yet at the same time, there's a there's a line in there where Tony says, "Look, man, every day I get at this point is, it's kind of a win for me," and he and he says, "If I if I were to die, I don't know. I told my wife just put a smile on my face." play some Frank Sinatra. You know, like his his acceptance of his own mortality because of losing his father at such a young age. It's it's equally part it's utterly heartbreaking and yet at the same time weirdly comforting to see how grateful he was for every day he got. It's it's weird. It, it's definitely something you should watch, and it was getting a lot of play and a lot of shares yesterday. But if you've never seen, you know, Tony Siragusa locking Shannon Sharp out, and uh, I think Shannon himself shared it, if I remember correctly. Actually, if you pull up, if you pull up, um, go to Shannon Sharp's Twitter if you can, Griffin. I don't know how well it'll just the audio itself will play because I do think a lot of it is video. Um, you got to scroll down a ways because Shannon Shannon tweets a lot. Um, but if you scroll down to 13 hours ago on Shannon Sharp's Twitter page, there's at first a uh, video he posted himself. I'm heartbroken. I'm crushed. I'm at a loss for words. My thoughts and prayers go out to Goose's wife, kids, family, friends, and fans. I have one thing to say, big fella. The next time I see you, I'm going to need my restitution. You embarrass me on national TV. Rest easy, Goose. Then there's a thread and the second tweet is a video clip from Hard Knocks and from HBO. Did you, have you found it? Got yes, it? Yes, All right, see, I Let's see. I don't know how well it'll play because, again. 
I noticed that one of the doors was barricaded with a table. Open it up. Hey, goose is going to kill me. Open it up. Fuck about no fat ass goose. Open it up or you're not going to be in here again. And I couldn't do anything but laugh, but I don't think Shannon felt the same way. Uh, he just said Goose heat. got us. All right. What Goose said? Just because you're veterans doesn't mean that these rookies, and I do think it was the rookies who did this, <laughs> you know, uh, just because you're veterans, you're not, you know, out of reach of, of these, these rookies. They're very tricky. <laughs> They're very sour right now. I was Goose. I know I was Goose. I'm going to go get his fat ass now. I just hope the, the person who is responsible for that really, you know, comes forward and and, and, and learns from that experience and doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, and then there's the impression, yeah. This is a, it, it's not really related to Tony Saragusa, but it's a, from the, the rookie. We, we, can, we can fade out. That was from, uh, it's an impression of Shannon from uh, the, uh, the rookie talent show. Um, I love that. I love that clip. I'm so glad that Shannon Sharp. I'm, I'm going to retweet it now. I, I just love, I love everything about that clip. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it, we, we keep talking about Tony Sergusa, the character. I, Tony Sergusa was not, it, 25th Hour was a wonderful film. Of course, um, starring Marilyn's own Edward Norton, and it was Spike Lee film, and Tony was outstanding. He had a little run on The Sopranos, and it seemed like you know he was kind of meant for that. But Tony was excellent to the point where I actually kind of envisioned him having an acting career for some time to come. And I was a little bit surprised that it, it sort of didn't stay that way. Now, I know he was working, um, doing football for so long. Actually, Kenny Albert, who um, was on the crew with him for Fox, is going to join us uh, in the 11 a.m. hour. And... I really believed that acting specifically because he was so good in 25th Hour. I mean, he really was. He was outstanding in that film. I um, I believe that was the case. I know he did a TV show on the DIY Network, and again, he did all these other things. He did the Man Caves thing. He was he was spokesperson for Depends for a little while, which everybody got a kick out of. Um. I don't know, I truly believe that there was going to be even more of that for Tony Siragusa because he really was quite good as an actor. I mean, he was. He was an outstanding actor, specifically. All right, um, today's show. And I, I want to hear from you. I'd love to your guys. I, I meant to say this at the top. I do want to hear your own personal stories. Truly, I want to hear your own meaningful stories of your interactions with Tony Saragusa because everybody has had them over the years uh, Casey nowadays it's all about social media they do things specifically to post online to expand their brand that is a huge reason why athletes don't mingle as much in the community that's true Casey um, having open training camp in Westminster also enhanced relationships with the public more than ever no doubt no, no doubt those things are true but even within that, I think Tony meant even more. E even again, as much more on the whole as the Ravens were accessible, I still think Tony stood out from that group as being even more accessible than the average player. We, we all long for the days. My, you know, 
folks that are older than me long for the days where you would bump into Art Donovan just out at a bar hanging out, and he would shoot the S with you. I certainly do. Those days growing up and becoming a fan of a team, I long for those days. But again, everyone was accessible. Still somehow, Tony Siragusa stood out among that group. Um, John and Little Rock, the Ravens simply don't win their first Super Bowl without Tony Siragusa. You know, I, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to measure that, right? Like, Lionel clearly would have played more, and Lionel was playing really well. So it's, it's possible. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to say. But it, it was, he was instrumental. There's no doubt about it. He was instrumental um, on the field. And that shouldn't be lost. As much as we're talking about him off the field, it shouldn't be lost how important he was on the field as a football player. Today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's the place to be next Saturday night for UFC 276. Israel Adesanya in action. You want to watch the fights for free and bet on them on the 61 self-service kiosks with lots of prop bets available Reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Um, I don't want to have this lost. I was really excited. We, we got to know this guy a little bit during his first run in Baltimore, and I remember we just had him on, I think, a year ago because he was the Ed Block Courage Award winner for the Falcons, and I was really excited that he was coming back to Baltimore, and I don't want to dampen that. I'm happy that he's back in Baltimore. I know it's been a tough week for everybody. It's a pleasure to welcome Stephen Means, the Baltimore Ravens, back to the program. Steven, it's Glenn and Griffin. I know this is a really difficult week for everybody. Greatly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. No, no problem, man. Thanks for having me again. Let, let me let's let's just let's have the conversation and then I want to talk about pleasant things with you. Um I know it's just gotta be gutting because you were just out on the field uh a week ago yeah. with Jalen and we all saw the work that he was putting in to to make a step up and an impact. I, I don't I don't know how you describe the the pain and the difficulty of something like that. What jumps out at you thinking about man? I, you were just out there spending time with this guy just a few days ago. Um. So so I, I was able to know him. I was fortunate enough to meet him um, and know him for three days. And um, he was the first player, the first teammate. You know, I met with a lot of more people in the front office that day, my first day here, but. He was the first teammate that uh, that talked to me and kind of embraced me when I walked in the locker room. And he was like, hey, man, what's your name? And I was like, Steve. He was like, oh, yeah, man, okay, okay, I know all about you, man. You know, <laughs> you know McPhee? And we started talking about old teammates and wow. laughing. He was like, yeah, man, you in the room with us, man. You with us, man. I'm happy as ever to have you here. It's good to have a vet in the room. And it was just an infectious personality. And, and just sitting back, I'm a big observer. And just sitting back and watch the way he interact with everybody else, watch the way other people look at him, the way that he treat other people throughout the locker room, the equipment room, the food staff, the training room. Um, you know, he he, he was a, a a great person. I, I can tell, and um, I didn't see no no, you know what I'm saying? Like you, no no flaws in him. For those three days, it was just a, it was a different infectious energy about him. It was something that was just it was different and. Uh, 
it's, it's, it's terrible because you you could see how he was soaking up all the wisdom. He wanted to ask all the questions. He was he, he was doing all the right things when it come to like everything that he was trying to do to get to where he wanted to on the field. And you could tell it, he was ready to to flip that page and, and get to the point where he wanted to be when it come to uh, his career. And then you see, you turn on the tape on practice. This is what most people don't see. And you see him getting off the ball fast. You see him rushing to the quarterback. You see all the things he's doing mm. to try to make that mark. And um, for, to wake up to this news, is, it, it was I, – I didn't believe it at first. And I, I didn't know him as Jalen. I knew him as Ferg. That's how he introduced himself to me as Ferg. And so uh, I was just hoping and praying that it wasn't true. And then to get that text message that it was, it was just – it's terrible, man. It's a Steve, terrible tragedy. Steve, I'm so sorry. I'm 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 so sorry. I know it 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 can't be easy to talk about. I I'll tell you that what you what you alluded to. I talked about this a lot. Yet Jalen was a regular with, on this show with us over the years, and and what's remarkable about that is it, it he was struggling, you know, like on on the on the field to make his way, and and yet he was such an unbelievable personality and such a wonderful you know light as a person. That he'd actually be upset that like I'd text him and say, Hey man, would you want to come on after you know he had a nice play? Be like, Bro, you haven't asked me in a few weeks. What's up with that? <laughs> it's like and I and I would say back, like, hey man, I know it had been a couple tough couple of weeks. He'd be like, Yeah, but I want to talk. Like I he he was just that type of person, man. Like I I I truly loved every conversation that I had. The guy on his draft day was teams couldn't get in touch with him because he was out cleaning up a tornado that had come through um, his town in Louisiana. Like, that's how he spent his draft day as a, as a human being was trying to take care of the people in his community. Um, wow. Remarkable, remarkable person, man. Really remarkable person. And it, it's, it, it's, everything about it is just gutting. It's, it's absolutely gutting. I, 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 know, I know that it's something that you're thinking about. And I, I know we're all lifting up the Ferguson um, and his kids and his wife, and I just can't even fathom the sadness they're going through. Um, I, I would like to talk about you, that, that all being said, because I am. I'm excited that you're back. And I remember talking to you um, a, a year ago uh, when you received the Ed Block Courage Award from the Falcons. And I just yeah. remembered, like, the way that you talked about Baltimore really kind of stood out to me <laughs> b- because – like on on paper, you know, you didn't have like the great. It's not like you were, you know, Terrell Suggs, right? Like during right, your time right. in Baltimore, and yet you talked about this place in a in a way with such affinity. Can you explain to people why Baltimore meant so much to you, and why you were excited to have this opportunity to come back to the Ravens? Oh man! So, uh, short backstory. I, I I started off in Tampa, and um. Needless to say, my time in Tampa made me think, made me rethink what my career choice would be. Wow! Um, it wasn't the it wasn't the welcome to the NFL that I that I was hoping for coming into the league. Um, but I'm forever grateful for the for them drafting me and uh, bringing me into the NFL, letting me get my feet in. Um, and so I I, I kind of just started to think about okay, what is after. It's after my first year, and so um, coming to Baltimore, I kind of expected it to be the same, and it was the total opposite. I wasn't like you said; I didn't step on the field on game day, but a practice 
that was my dwelling. That was my sanctuary. That was my peace. That was it was my joy. And Powerball was he let you be enjoy your personality. I was I just had fun out there. And, and when I say Baltimore is a grinder, like you you gonna you gonna come here and you are gonna work. If you think you not, you sadly mistaken. You grind when you hear, man. Most people run from that, but it's about this. I was on the practice squad here already, and people was asking me how did I like Tampa, and I didn't want to explain to them everything that went on. So I would just say to get people to understand the perspective. I would rather be here and pay practice squad money than Tampa and pay active. Wow! And and that would just let everybody know how much I love. No back on my was at previously. It was just. The, the place was that great, and, and then I, and you get to see, it's, it's it's still you know you know what I'm saying. So when we talked, like it, it was almost like I still remember my my happiest place where I was at, and um and then be able to get the opportunity to uh, have a conversation and and be able to get opportunity to come back, and it was. Steven, I don't want to miss what you're saying. We're having a Steven, I apologize. We're having a little bit of an issue with your signal. We're going to try to see if we can't get that straight now. I just don't want to miss because what you're saying is really powerful. Steven Means is is with us here on GCR, who's back with the Baltimore Ravens after spending the last four seasons in Atlanta. He'd spent a couple in Philadelphia before that. Um, he had been here in Baltimore in 2014-2015. Um, he's re-signed with the Ravens and um, you know, is is getting an opportunity. We all know that Edge rush has been an area where we have talked about, you know, there needing to be a little bit more, and not that Stephen Means is a necessarily the, the big sack guy, but someone who's a veteran that is going to have an opportunity here to be in the mix as he has re-signed with the Ravens um, here in the last week. He, he showed up um, kind of trying out, frankly, um, as part of, of minicamp, and now he's back with the team having re-signed, and so we're just spending a couple minutes with him here on GCR. As I mentioned, Kenny Albert's going to join us in just a little bit um, as we continue to remember Tony Saragusa. And, um, you know, just it's a difficult, obviously it's a difficult day in Baltimore. There's no getting around that. It's a difficult day for Ravens fans. It's a difficult uh, time for everybody that, um, that kind of got to know and, and love Tony Saragusa, and as we were just talking about with Stephen Means, Jalen Ferguson as well. So we will see. Oh, hopefully, hopefully that's uh, that we'll be good there and we can reconnect with Stephen Means here and spend a few minutes with him on GCR. I haven't even had a chance to talk about Austin Hayes yet. I'll get to that, I promise. I know, I know. You don't get to see these things every day. And so when an Orioles player hits for a cycle, I would I, I so badly wish that had been the thing. That we were that that was the lead story today. That's what we we're talking about because it was a fun night at the ballpark. Um, but um, we'll get to it. I promise. We will discuss what happened last night at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Let's uh, connect back with Stephen Means here on GCR. Stephen, I I didn't want people to miss this because what you're saying about you'd rather be on the practice squad in Baltimore than active in Tampa. It's a pretty dramatic statement to make. Right. You know, it, it was just my truth at the time. So uh, that was just my way of kind of getting people to understand the perspective on exactly uh, how how great, you know, that place was to me at the time. And 
uh, to be able to get an opportunity to talk to Herbs and get on the phone with him and communicate with him and then um, get an opportunity to come back and hear it and, and, and do it all over again. Uh, eight years later, you know, it's it's an honor and it's just nothing short of a blessing. So I thank God for it. I'm in my war room right now and just I prayed for it and, and it manifested it and it just came right back full circle. Stephen, what you know, you obviously opportunity was significant for you in the years that that you were away. But I, I would think just the time um, as you come back now, you, you know, ironically, as we're talking about Jalen, you're you're the veteran. You're the guy that's been around. You've been you're a Super Bowl champion, right? What do you yeah. feel like you now have to impart to this team that's different than when you were here in 2014, 2015? Exactly what you just said. Um, I think it's about um, just being the fly on the wall a lot of the times, and a lot of the I've been like, I was here when it was Terrell Suggs, it was doing dogs in the room. I went to Houston with AJ Watt, Mertz, Davion Clowney, dogs in the room. I went to sleep in Grand, uh, Fletcher Cox, Vinnie Curry. Uh, like dogs in the room, Chris Long, and then you know this to Atlanta. Like it's, so, I'm I was able to see a lot of different, a lot of different, uh, like beast beastly rooms, and being able to take on and see a lot, and it's just you know. So now that that type of experience, that type of way to the outlook, and it's a young room, and to be able to impart that on them and show them. You know how I seen those type of guys go about their business, and how it made me go about my business. Uh, just to be able to, you know, to be that for them. Uh, and and I'm I'm coming in, and I'm 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 taking this year like I want to empty the bucket. I want to empty the tank in a way that I never have. So every single day, like starting a week ago, um, I'm I'm coming every day, whether I'm in the facility, whether I'm home wherever I'm at, and I'm putting all of my efforts into this season. I, I want to leave this season and say I don't have nothing left. Even if I got three, four more years, I just I, I want to empty the bucket one, one full time. Does, what does it mean to you that it's that you get this chance to do it in Baltimore? What, can, can you describe that, that what, it, what it means to you to have a chance to now come back and play and be a guy right. in this place that meant so much to you in your life? Uh, it, it's an opportunity for me to give something back to them. I told Harris on the sideline after I tore my Achilles, the Ravens came to Atlanta to play, and I was on the sideline. And um, before the game, I saw him, and I ran up to him and gave him a big hug. And I just told him, thank you. And he looked at me weird, and I was like, you you resurrected my career. And he 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 went, wow. And I, uh, I told him, like, you know, I kind of – rethought my career before getting there and being there with y'all and this team y'all gave me something and then you look at 10 years in the league I went there after my first year so imagine if I would have just you know chose a different path but they gave me so much and I just want to give them everything I got left in football whether I'm here for one year two three four five however many more years I've got I want to give them everything that I got left so it's my opportunity to give them back something that they gave me. Wow. 
What is real, bro? You're, you're the, the the arms on my or the hairs on my arm are standing up <laughs> as you talk about this, dude. Mine too, bro. It's uh, it's powerful, man. It's it's powerful to hear you, um, d- just talk about what it is that you want to do in Baltimore and why you care so much about being in Baltimore. Who was it that like you got to see that? Because unfortunately, we're at the place now where we're only seven years removed, but. There's not a lot of guys that were left, right? right? right. Were, were, was right. there was there anybody in particular that you were that you were like, man, I was so excited to see. I can't even uh, think of who. I mean, obviously Justin Tucker's still around, but like I don't know. That's how, exactly but. who I was getting ready. I was getting ready to say Tuck. Um, seeing seeing him and hearing him, I I swear, it felt like I never left. Wow, like, this dude is the funniest dude in the locker room, probably. Like, um. And and then um, Brent Urban was there. He oh, was, that's right. Yeah, Brent's back. Yeah, he, he might have been a rookie. Uh, and then um, Nick Boyle, he was a rookie too, coming in. Wow. So that that's but that's it though. I know. Like, nobody else. Uh, nobody else is there. It's it's crazy how in like such a short amount of time, so many things change. I know, like Levine still sticking around as a coach, and like Cook is is transitioning. Yeah. So Zach uh, Orr. Zach yeah, that's Orr right. Co- that's right. When I was there, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's really cool. Steve, man, it's it's amazing to hear you talk about what this means to you. Like, it really is powerful listening to, to you talk about what this means to you to be back in Baltimore. Um, we're excited for you, and, and it's awesome to see how your career has gone and the things that you've been able to accomplish. Um, and we can't wait to see that translate to the field. I, can we plug I, – like, I, you're not – are you on Twitter? Like, are you the one person on the planet that's managed to avoid it? Uh, um. I definitely was was probably the last person on social media, but I, I am on Instagram now. Uh, I am on Facebook now, but but I I don't have a Twitter. My my Twitter, yeah, I don't I don't have a Twitter. Good for it's you, bro. I good yeah. for you. I saw it's underscore means business fifty six on Instagram. Yep. is how yep, people yep. can give you a follow. <laughs> um, Appreciate that, man, dude, Stephen. I really, and I know it's tough, and I and I, I greatly appreciate you being willing to come on and talk about Jalen. But seriously, I'm 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 really happy. The conversations we had with you is really powerful to hear you talk about what this means, and I know it's got to mean a lot to Ravens fans how much you care about it. We can't wait to see you out there. I will be in touch. I promise. We'll come over, say hello, man. Thank you for taking okay, the time. Man, for I appreciate us. that, no doubt. God bless you, Steve. Means well, it kind of fires you up, doesn't it? Dude, talking about specifically what it means to be back in Baltimore. Everywhere he's been, everything he's done, this is where he wants to be. Whew. That's some powerful stuff. Um, I know we were having some issues with his phone, but boy, I'm glad I'm glad we heard what we heard because some pretty amazing things that he said in talking about um, this place and this franchise and what it means to him to be a Baltimore Raven. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. It was also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance, and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Clearly, we've been talking a lot about Tony Saragusa this morning and gotten perspective of former teammates and I really thought it'd be interesting to reach out to this man, who we've gotten to know over the years. He, of course, once upon a time was one of our own here in Baltimore, and he's since gone on to have, you know, a historic broadcast career, and you're just watching him doing the NHL playoffs, and um, he's done Fox football for a very long time, and he spent a number of years working with the crew 
That included Daryl Moose Johnston and Tony Saragusa. So I wanted to welcome Kenny Albert back to the program to tell us a little bit more about his time with the man we knew as Goose. Kenny, it's uh, Glenn in Baltimore. I know it's uh, it's a difficult thing to talk about, but greatly appreciate you taking a few minutes for us. Well, Glenn, uh, good to be with you, and uh, just so happy to reminisce about and, and uh, you know anecdotes from from my years with Tony, uh, following obviously such sad news yesterday. And uh, you're right, I was for painful box along with Bruce Johnson. All right. I, unfortunately, Kenny, I'm sorry. We're having we're having some connection problems with your phone. I apologize. I might try to I, I, see if Griffin you can't get that straightened out real quick. Of all the days, of all the days for technology to be biting us the way that it is this morning, I just don't want anybody to miss what it is that. Um, these these people I have to say I have no idea what's uh, what's going on but appreciate Kenny Albert taking time for us. Whew. Just think about live radio, or whatever we do live audio, live video. Sometimes these things happen. You just try to push forward um, and and see if you can't make it work. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of Pressbox, encourage you to do that right now. No, that's not the one. That's the last one. It's our salute to coaches issue with John Harbaugh on the cover. Stephen Means was talking about how much John Harbaugh means to him. Um, we recognize John Harbaugh 15 years now as head coach in the NFL, which is not easy. It is not something that everybody does. And we had a lot of former players uh, reach out and express their thoughts about how he's been able to stand the test of time, what makes him so special. And so many other coaches from the area we recognize within the issue. Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, Missy Maharg and Sasha Sorowski from Maryland, Pete Karinji from UMBC, Kendall Peace from Polly, Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe, recently retired Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins, as well as um, uh, Lou Eckrell from Calvert Hall. All those coaches recognized in this salute to coaches issue of press box which is available now for free at your neighborhood royal farms any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box read it all pressboxonline.com let's uh connect again with kenny albert who's with us here on gcr kenny i apologize i just didn't want anybody to miss what it is that you were saying um you, you know you clearly before you became a broad you know before your partners with them you knew goose as a player what were your expectations for working with goose as a part of your team well, Glenn, uh, so I got to make an issue from 2007 through 2014. Prior to that, I worked several games with Boots and Boots Johnston uh, from 2002 through 2006. I got to know him a little bit during those years, and he was just such a, a fun-loving actor. Uh, loved his life, uh, lived life, but was really a well player. I remember having a couple of them. All right, I, I apologize, Kenny. I'm so sorry. Let's just see if maybe, like, if he's somewhere that we could reconnect with him in a few minutes or something like that. I don't. I. I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I. I I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken because I'm so excited to chat with Kenny. He's got so many wonderful stories I know about Tony Saragusa, and I want to share them. But, um, you know, just see if we can't make that work somehow. And I'm. I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm so sorry. I uh, just don't know if 
if there's somewhere where his cell service is that we can't get that a little bit better. Why don't we do this? We'll grab a break. I want to get to more of your thoughts. I've had a few people chime in with their own. Um, memories about Tony Siragusa that they wanted to share. Moments that, that meant something. Interactions that they had. I'd love to hear those. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the best way to go about doing that. To share your stories about Tony Siragusa. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Chime in. Let me know about something that meant something to you. I'd love to do that. In the meantime, we'll grab a break. We'll hope to reconnect with Kenny Albert. Go ahead. We'll take the break. Griffin. Poor Griffin. He's still new. He's still trying to get everything worked out. We'll hope to reconnect with Kenny Albert here in just a few minutes. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mnt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio sorry we are uh, of all the mornings of all the mornings to be struggling we're doing our best trying to um 
work through uh, technology issues. We're going to try again here with Kenny Albert in just a minute. Um, so we do. We really do want to hear from him and, and his stories and his memories of Tony Saragusa. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that uh, it's been uh, a back end and, and poor young Griffin who's, who's still learning his way here and doesn't know um, how to fix all of these things. Baptism by fire, man. Baptism by fire. But we're going to keep working through it as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Um, all right. Today's show, or just a reminder, you know, we I mentioned that yesterday we had uh, we got together on Facebook Live. Myself, Stan the Fan, Charles, John Colson. You can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com. Uh, you can find it all those places. Stan has had a busy week in general. Last night he caught up with Kyle Harrison, the former Johns Hopkins star, who just retired uh, from his own playing career a year ago in the PLL. Has taken on a uh, new role behind the scenes with the league. That's available right now for you to find at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Those other locations, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash radio. Also, coming up tonight, Stan's going to catch up with Terry Hasseltine, executive director of Maryland Sports. Obviously, going to talk a little bit more about the fallout from the World Cup decision and the events that are coming here to our area in the uh, the coming weeks, months, and the rest of the year. That coming up a little bit later on tonight, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. From John. John says, uh, Glenn, what stands out most to me about Tony Siragusa is whenever we would go out to an event where he was, there was never any standoffishness. There was never any thought that he wasn't going to get to every person who was there in the building. I was just talking to my son about that. My son was probably about six years old the first time that we met Goose, and we were regulars at these events over the years. My son now is a full-grown adult and is about to welcome his own child, and I'm disappointed because I don't know that he'll have the same opportunities to be so up close and personal for his own child with Ravens players. There was no one quite like Goose. He was happy, picked my son up, took lots of pictures, even kissed my wife on the cheek. I'll never forget it. That's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful, John. Um, and that was what we knew. I mean, that was that was his personality. That was who he was. That was what he was all about. It was truly incredible to see the connections that he made within the community of Baltimore. And as I said, so impactful in why it is that our relationship between the Ravens and the city is as significant as it became is because not just Tony Saragusa, but as prominently as anyone, Tony Saragusa purposefully making it his business, purposefully being the one to get out in front and to to be that guy. Um, just, just so meaningful. All right. Kenny Albert told everything sounds great. Appreciate it, Kenny. I know, I, and I know it's not your fault. I know technology is, is very difficult to trust. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us, sir. Well, Glenn, hopefully the third time's the charm. Yeah. And, uh, sound a little bit better now. Um, you were telling me you're, that what your expectations, from what you knew of, of Tony 
from your own broadcast career to working with them, I got to imagine you were pretty excited about finding out he was going to be a part of your crew. I, I was. Uh, he had worked uh, four or five seasons with, with Dick Stockton and Moose Johnston uh, prior to uh, the time when I joined the crew on a permanent basis in 2007. So I was certainly aware of his style as a sideline analyst. And he, he hated being referred to as a sideline reporter. Um, he really uh, <laughs> created the position of sideline analyst. Yeah. Where his mic was open over the course of the entire game. And uh, I, I was always amazed that, that he and Moose would never really step on each other, talk over each other. They had such a great chemistry. I would set up the play, call the play, and then recap the play. And then I would shut up and let, let them do their thing. <laughs> he, he didn't come in every play. You know, sometimes it was every three or four plays. But he, he was such a smart guy, both on and off the field. And I was always amazed at some of the stories he would tell about his days as a player and how he would study film and pick up. Uh, the smallest thing about the finger of an offensive lineman and how that would give up whether it was going to be a running play or a pass play. And, and, and he, he knew that stuff from, from hours of studying. And, and one of my favorite stories, uh, which I actually put out on social media yesterday, when, when he was an undrafted free agent, had an opportunity to go to the Eagles training camp. And at the time, in the early 90s, on the defensive line, they had Reggie White and Jerome Brown and, and so many other uh, great players, and he didn't feel like he would have any kind of a shot to make the team. So he winds up going to the Colts training camp in Indianapolis, and his brother says to him, one of his brothers said, you know, you should learn how to long snap. You might have a better chance to make the team. <laughs> and he, he, he had no idea how to do it. He had never been a long snapper in high school or at Pitt. So his brother actually taught him how to long snap over a payphone while Tony was at Colts training camp, and that's, that's one of the major reasons why he made it into the NFL. And, and it was the stories like that. You know, we spent eight full seasons together, and that meant 18 or 19 weeks. We did a preseason game, 17 regular season games, and then a playoff game. One year we worked at Pro Bowl, so it was the 20th week. And literally from Friday morning until Sunday night, uh, our group, six or seven of us, were all together, and Tony and I both lived in New Jersey at the time. I know he had moved down to Florida recently. So many weeks we would fly together. We'd be on the same flight uh, Friday morning. We'd be on the same flight Sunday night. We'd have every meal together. We'd go to practices and meetings with players and coaches. So I'd probably spend more time with, with Moose and Goose during those eight years, wow. at least in the fall, than I do with my family. So you become a family. And, and he he always had to be having fun. Um you know, sitting in the hotel room doing nothing was, was never an option with Goose. On a Saturday morning, uh, before we got started with our meetings later in the day, uh, the, there, there was an activity every week that, that he planned. He was like the camp counselor. Whether it was, uh, you know, riding in a NASCAR car at the Richard Petty Experience in Charlotte, um, going on a swamp boat tour in Louisiana, uh, going to Niagara Falls and getting soaked uh, on one of the you know, the, the, the boat excursions there. Um, you know, I, I can go on and on about some of the activities that, uh, you know, we did with Tony in various cities. The, one of the most amazing things, Glenn, that I've ever witnessed was Goose getting into the NASCAR uh, automobile. Right. Um, feet first, through the window. There were no it. doors, right? <laughs> so he, he actually went feet first, and this was a little bit before camera phones. I wish I had a photo uh. of it. Feet first, feet first through the window. I had to take the helmet off because his head didn't fit through the window with the helmet. And then, then he put the helmet on. 
And he drove around that track, Charlotte Motor Speedway, 160 miles an hour, three or four laps. It was just incredible. Um, he, he was a great athlete. Uh, I, I, I play tennis with him. We play doubles with our crew. I've seen him on the golf course. And I, I always told people, don't let him fool you. You know, he might be 350 pounds, and you're only used to seeing him on the football field, but he, he was a tremendous athlete. I don't even know how I follow up with a question here, Kenny, because I just really want to keep listening to you talk about Tony Saragusa, play tennis and get into a NASCAR. I, what jumps out at me, it, and I made a comparison last night when I was talking to somebody, but to Chris Farley, he was always on, right? Like, it, there were moments, he would definitely give you plenty of gruff, right? And, like, he gave him. He, he was. Uh, you know, but he, he was. He was the same, you know, the same guy that you saw on TV and got to know a little bit during his time in Baltimore. He was that guy at every, every meal. Uh, walking through the airport. Um, he loved being around people, and he never said no to an autograph, uh, a photo request. You know, he would play practical jokes on strangers on airplanes. Yep. Um, you're, you're right. He, he was always on, and he just loved... He, he probably fit 200 years of, of life into 55 years. 100%. And, you know, he was, he was so proud of, of his family, his three kids, his son Anthony just graduated recently from Villanova, played football there, and Tony posted on his Instagram, uh, you know, it was one of the best days of his life when he, when he was at his son's graduation last month. Um, ironically, uh, just under two weeks ago, I got a text from Goose. I was working the Rangers-Tampa Bay Lightning game six. Uh, it was June 11th down in Tampa, and I got a text right before the game. It said, are you here? And I said, yes, I'm all the way up in the press box. Are you here? And it turns out he was at the game oh. uh, with his son and with, with a couple of friends and never got to see him in person because the game was about to start. I was on the air. The yeah. press box was a long, long way up in Tampa. And I actually took a photo of him from, he told me he was in the, in the third row, uh, right behind the penalty boxes. And I, I managed to find him and, and took a photo and zoomed in uh, of Tony sitting there in the, in the crowd. And, and we actually texted uh, on Father's Day on Sunday. I sent him a happy oh. Father's Day, and oh. he wrote right back to me. So uh, haven't seen him in a number of years, but, but we were still definitely in touch. Uh, we had a couple of group texts with our former crew. And, um, you know, yesterday w within that group text, there were a lot of photos and memories uh, that we all shared with one another. Kenny Albert with us here on GCR. Kenny, you know, you know what, what Baltimore, where Baltimore was as a city as the Ravens arrived, and there was some trepidation, right? Like, there was there were fans that were uncomfortable. These aren't the Colts, and, um, you know, we, we I don't know how I feel about us having stolen a team after having our own stolen. I, I The thing that's jumped out most to me in the last 24 hours is how critical Tony was. As, as good of players as Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis were and what the Ravens were ultimately going to become as a franchise, but what Tony was willing to do on a personal level, going out to the barn, going out everywhere in town, meeting people, talking to them face-to-face, -face, giving them these lifelong memories because of his personality. I don't know that there was a player more critical in establishing the relationship between our city and this franchise as Tony Saragusa was. I uh, totally agree. And, and I actually moved out of Baltimore, uh, out of the Baltimore, the D.C. area. I was in Baltimore 1990 to 92, and then uh, down in a little further south in Maryland through 95, and then the Ravens came in the next year. Um, but, but I heard so many of the stories, uh, you know, he would, he would always talk about how much he loved his time in, in Baltimore. And, you know, we would hear it whenever we ran into former teammates of his, uh, along the way. And, 
as far as what he meant to the Ravens on the field, yeah, um, you know when when we would meet with coaches around the league and, and just the, the the reverence that they had for him and how important he was, you know, along with Sam Adams and, and Mike McCrary up front, and some of the others, uh, you know, to clog up space for Ray Lewis and the gang uh, at the next level. Um, players and coaches around the league had such respect. Both of my partners for for Goose and for Moose, sure. Daryl Johnston, who won three Super Bowls with Dallas. And it was just so much fun to hear some of those stories. And, you know, we go in uh, and talk to a, to, a, to a Bill Belichick, for example, and uh, uh, just to hear the two of them together. Uh, when Jim Harbaugh was coaching the 49ers, he and Tony had been teammates with the Colts and very good friends back in the 90s when they played together. So just to, to witness and listen in on some of those anecdotes. And then there were so many coaches around the league when we worked together who had been part of that Ravens staff. Uh, from Marvin Lewis, Rex Ryan, um, Mike Smith, and a couple of others who were all in that defensive staff. And when they would get together, um, you know, it was a reunion wherever we went. Uh, just to just to sit there and listen to some of those stories as an outsider was incredible. Uh, Jim and uh, and Tony were teammates also in Baltimore briefly uh, when Jim was right, here in '98 exactly. as well. Um, uh, Kenny, what you're talking about with him and his family, and it's something that we, we, we talked about it with a couple of guys this morning. I think it's remarkable because Tony was this larger, really larger-than-life celebrity, right? Like he, an actor, TV shows, doing what he was doing with you guys. He could go on to Howard Stern and Letterman and places like that, and yet was so grounded as a family man. And it's a dichotomy that's so interesting to me because I, I, I think it would be easy for someone to be overwhelmed by celebrity and fame and yet he really was very much the same person despite all of the fame that he achieved in the late in his playing career and past his playing career. You're right, Glenn. He, he would treat everybody the same. I mean, I was around Goose when uh, you know we encountered some of the other celebrities that he had uh, known through the years. Spike Lee, for example, yeah. was at one of our games in New Orleans, and they had done a movie together, 25th Hour, and we were on the field, and Spike came over and found Goose, and they reminisced. And, and just yesterday, uh, I, I saw some tweets and Instagram posts from Spike mm -hmm. uh, about Goose and, and the, the time they spent together. Um, Goose and Snoop Dogg, uh, believe it or not, were involved in a couple of charitable events uh, at various Super Bowls. And, and a mutual friend of ours uh, told me yesterday that, that Snoop Dogg actually reached out to him when he heard the news. So, But he treated those guys just like he would treat... Uh, the stranger at the airport. Yep. Uh, he would give just as, just as much time uh, to somebody on a flight who wanted to take a picture or say hello or, you know, walking through the airport. I remember everywhere we went, because he was this larger-than-life character, people would just gravitate to him. And, uh, you know, men, women, children, uh, no, no matter what, uh, they, they all knew who he was. and they, they all wanted a picture, and he just treated them as if, you know, if they had just met, it felt like he knew them for 25 years. Oh boy, it's you know, it, it it everything that you're saying echoes everything that I that I felt about him, and 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 I know it's what it, the pain that everybody's experiencing that loved him. Um, Kenny, before I know, I know we got to let you run because you got the, a busy schedule. You got it, any chance Tampa can? I mean, they're the two-time defending Stanley champs. I know we probably shouldn't write them off, but three one's awfully tough, and Colorado is so loaded. It, is this thing over? Well, it's never over until it's over, but. 3-1 is tough. I, I, it hasn't happened in the Stanley Cup Finals since 1942. The team coming back from 3-1. Uh, 
But aside from game two, it's been such a close series. Uh, two of the four games have gone to overtime. Um, I know there was some controversy last night yeah. with a potential two men on the ice and Lightning were upset about in overtime. But, um, hey, you never know. Uh, that fourth one's always the hardest to win. You know, we've seen so many teams through the years with an opportunity to clinch it on home ice. And uh, there's just that pressure. Uh, all of your friends and family are there. So if Tampa Bay wins game five, you know, then they know that they're coming back home for a game six. So who knows? But uh, there just seems to be something special about the Avalanche. Uh, they've gotten big goals in key situations throughout the playoffs. Uh, they've only lost three games. So uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But, you know, until that fourth win is in the books, it's not over. I hear you. At Kenny Albert on Twitter is how you follow him. Kenny, I, I know it's a busy – you're the busiest man in show business. And I know it's a it's a sad day, but greatly appreciate taking a couple of minutes to chat with us about the great Tony Saragusa, my friend. Well, Glenn, I appreciate having me on. Uh, great to be able to spread, you know, the memories and anecdotes following such a sad day. Uh, you might not believe this, but I actually am on vacation now. It's a, it's a rare I, vacation. I, I can't so. believe you ever get an opportunity to do that. I can't believe. And I, it means even well, more that you take the time. Unlike unlike your buddy Coleman, who takes year. vacation every week. Uh, well, he just got back from another one. But, um, you know, next year at this time, uh, the Stanley Cup rotates. So uh, TNT, yeah. This year, we'll have it next year with TNT. But uh, it did, did allow me the opportunity to take a quick break with the family. But thanks so much for having me on. Um, Again, Goose, you know, as you know, was a yeah. great man. He'll be sorely missed, but uh, certainly lived life to its fullest. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate you, sir. Great. Kenny Albert checking in with us here on GCR. You get emotional. You get emotional. And, again, it's, it's interesting for me because I was – I got to be a Tony Siragusa fan. And, like, so many of us. I was I wasn't I wasn't Tony Saragusa big, but there was something about this this fat guy who was yet this high level athlete and this character and, and so many of us that were not, you know, Ryan Gosling good looking, like looked at him and was like, We could that's that's who we could be. When he arrived in Baltimore, I mean I was, you know, fourteen years old. He was so easily embraceable. And yes, getting to know Tony Saragusa over the years was a joy. But as I said, you know, Tony would he would give you crap, man. Like he'd ask him, I'd ask Tony about doing something. He'd be like, Ah, f that. <laughs> like I ain't doing that. And and yet it was never in a way that came off like he was putting you down or anything like that. It was just so there's something so genuine about him. And then the moment like you would work an event with him or you do something with him, my God, he was he was Tony Saragusa. He was on. I'm you know, I made the, the Chris Farley comparison. He was just not an off switch. He was that guy. Whatever he was doing, wherever he was, whoever he was with, he was that guy. Him getting in that, I could listen to Kenny Albert talk about him getting into a NASCAR, and I'm trying to picture, trying to picture Tony Zaragoza, 300 pound man, 350 pound man. I, I I could listen to that for the rest of my life, and enjoy it. Jesus, man, Jesus, that's. 
thank you to Kenny. Thank you to Kenny for taking the time for us and, and telling us about a different part of uh, Tony's life. As uh, we continue to remember and uh, honor a uh, an iconic Baltimore Raven this morning in Tony Saragusa. All right, when we come back in, we will talk a little bit about the uh, baseball game from last night and a little bit about the hockey. Uh, I do want to get to those things as we continue on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Thanks again to Kenny Albert for taking some time for us as uh, we continue to celebrate Tony Saragusa today. As I mentioned, Kelly Gregg's going to join us tomorrow. Uh, we reached out to the defensive linemen, those guys. And um, as Lionel said, I know Rob Burnett's having a really tough time. And, and we get it. We we understand 
and everybody uh, deals with with things in different ways. But certainly appreciate uh, both Jelly Roll and um, Kenny Albert taking some time for us this morning. Um, weird night, obviously, the baseball game last night with the multiple rain delays, ultimately the game being called after six innings. And I, I, I don't know if Elias, not Mike Elias, but the Sports Bureau Elias has done the work to, um, to sort of dig out whether or not, I don't, I don't know if anybody had ever hit for the cycle in a six-inning baseball game before. Kind of remarkable, but Austin Hayes joins the club of Orioles legends like Brooks Robinson, Cal Ripken, Felix P.A., Aubrey Huff, and Jonathan V.R. Weird group. That, uh, it's a fun list. It's a weird list. It's, it's, it's come up. Oddly, it's come up a few times recently on the show. I don't know why. Um, but, you know, it's a cool thing. It's, it's part of what you love about baseball, right? The reason why you go is because you genuinely don't. Every time you go to a baseball game, you don't know if you might see something that, that you might never forget. And and it's true, by the way, in all the sports. Like you don't know, you could go to a random the day that we were at the Maryland Georgia Tech basketball game. No one knew that Cliff Tucker was going to hit an impossible buzzer beater after Gravis Vasquez had hit one that was wiped off because they had called a timeout. Like I'll remember that game forever. And I assure you, when I arrived at that game that day, there was no thought whatsoever that I was attending a game that I would remember forever for the rest of my life. And that's that is kind of the magical thing about sports. The, the, the Ravens-Vikings game with Marlon Brown in the snow. I don't know that anybody showed up that day thinking, this will be a game I'll remember forever. Now, that's you more remember that because of the snow, right? And it, but it was a wild, the last couple minutes, some of the wildest minutes we ever saw in a football game. You never know. Some of them you remember for terrible reasons. I think anybody who showed up, um, go back 15 years ago, and watch the Orioles get their asses kicked 30-3, to it's something they'll remember forever. But they had no idea when they showed up for game one of a doubleheader against the Rangers that they were going to be watching something they remember forever. Just far less pleasant. It's, it's what you love about sports. You buy a ticket. Last night, people showed up, paid five bucks, whatever it was, to get in. Rainy night. And yet they saw something they'll never forget. That's what makes sports kind of cool. That's why you got to go, right? Like, it's, you just never know. You never know when you're going to be there that night. I think we all have that same reaction. We go to a baseball game, right? Until, until that first hit is given up, we have this feeling like maybe we're going to be there the night that a no-hitter is thrown. It's unlikely. I haven't seen an Orioles pitch throw one in Baltimore in a very long time. Finally got to see the Orioles pitcher throw one again last year with John Means, but it was in Seattle. But there's that thought every time you go, maybe tonight's the night. Maybe tonight's the night we see somebody hit four home runs. It's why Tim Kirchner once was losing his mind on a, a Baseball Tonight broadcast talking about Fernando Tatis Sr. hitting two grand slams in one inning. This is why you love baseball. You never know what you might see. Anybody went to the game last night had no idea that they were going to see something cool. I mean, winning 7 nothing is cool. Something that's only happened six times in Orioles history, even cooler. 
there's not much more to say about. I mean, we can keep talking about who Austin Hayes has become. And it's, you always have to be careful about it, right? Because you don't want to project too far with something and assume that this means that Austin Hayes is going to be a star baseball player for the next 15 years. But assuming Austin Hayes is becoming at least a bankable, everyday Major League Baseball player? No, I don't don't think that's a reach. You know, I remind that we, Cedric Mullins was production-wise a star of stars a season ago. And this year has not been that. That doesn't mean that we don't think Cedric Mullins is an everyday caliber Major League Baseball player. But just keep that in mind. It's It's nice to see this from Austin Hayes. It's been a really cool kind of revelation this season to see Austin Hayes become that baseball player. And he had a good season a year ago, hitting 20 home runs and you know, getting on base, uh, not at a great clip at 308. He was decent. There was reason to think that there was something there. And now you're following it up with, you know, something that's even more legitimate. Immediately comes with a, extend this man now. Well, this probably isn't the time to do that. You probably need to to play it out a little bit longer. Look, I'm going to be excited... I, I love the idea of the Orioles being aggressive and trying to keep their players. But I feel a little bit differently about someone who we think could be a good baseball player versus someone who we believe was a sure thing to be a rock star baseball player. I, I think it would be okay to try to let this play out a little bit longer with Austin Hayes and figure out if he's definitely an exceptional. Like, is he becoming um, you know, a Nick Markakis caliber baseball player? bit more power perhaps maybe is that what he's becoming I'm okay with letting that play out a little bit longer to get that answer versus a guy who's having a really exceptional three months that by this time next year maybe we don't feel the same way about and I'm not trying to say that's what I think he's going to be I'm saying I think it's okay to let it play out a little bit before you make that sweeping decision I like Austin Hayes. There's so much to like about Austin Hayes as a baseball player. But there are a lot of guys who look otherworldly for a few months, and then for the rest of their career, they're, you know, Seth Smith, Nate McLeod. Good players. But not centerpieces. Not guys that you need to invest in heavily in order to have around for a long time. I'm okay with letting this play out a little bit longer in order to feel some more confidence in that answer. You don't need to rush when it comes to Austin Hayes. I get it. Like We're starting to get into that territory. I was trying to do this math earlier. Austin Hayes is still arbitration eligible through 2025. There's no need to rush. There is no need to make a sweeping. I, I, The point that I make about Adley Rutschman, I've said openly, it wouldn't be 
the greatest baseball decision to just buy out all the arbitration years and only get like one extra year. From a business standpoint, that doesn't make the most sense. But even something as small as that would go a long way into generating favor with your fan base and excitement that you're doing something you've not done in the past. But Adley Rutschman is scouted at every turn as being that guy. And we're seeing it, right? Like, we we get it. Got off to a slow start. We're not seeing the home runs. But we're seeing the bat speed. We're seeing the the patience that he has at the plate. We're seeing all the things. We see why it is that everyone believes Adley Rutschman to be special. Austin Hayes not scouted the same way. A ball player, but not a transcendent ball player. Playing like a special player for three months. But let's be fair. I mean, he's hitting 287. Let's not, let's not pretend like he's Tony Gwynn. But playing really well. Okay for the Orioles to say, hey, we like Austin Hayes, and we might think that he can be that that guy that that can be a big part of what we do moving forward. But there's no rush. There does not need to be a decision made. It would be okay for them to say, hey, but let's wait at least like another year. Let's just make sure that he's not having the best three months of his life. Let's be certain that that's who this guy is. And that doesn't make the Orioles evil or that's the, this is why the Orioles will forever you know, be who they are. It doesn't mean any of those things. We all want to extend someone because we want to see this is the guy, right? Like we know he's going to be around. We've got our answer. But it's okay, particularly with someone like Austin Hayes, to wait a little bit. The Orioles shift. They head to uh, Chicago for a four-game set with the White Sox that gets underway tonight. Again, pleasant continues to be the word. Pleasant. Dean Kramer coming off a really good start last Friday. We'll see if he can build on that. Again, you're trying to find... Look, you know, Tyler Wells was not overwhelming last night, but ended up delivering you an awesome start. Despite the fact that he clearly did not have his best stuff. And you start, the deeper you get in with Tyler Wells, you start to buy, there's a possibility there's something real there. There's something legitimate there. If Dean Kramer can stack starts, it'd be very exciting to see someone else move into that that bucket of guys that you can bank on, guys that could be commodities moving forward for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, as far as the hockey was concerned last night, I'm, um, you know, I, I know that everybody's pointing out the fact that the Avalanche had six players on the ice when they scored the game-winning goal. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer that that happened. It did. It's pretty clear. It's abundantly clear. That's that's a thing. Should not have been a goal. They had six players on the ice. It's, it's not like, um, you know, they put a six-player out. This is not like once upon a time when the Spurs purposely tried to put six players on the court to stop the Bulls. They... They were in the middle of a change, and they made a mistake. And these things happen in hockey. A lot of people pointed out that the Lightning in past years have gotten away with it. It's a bummer that a game-winning goal, an overtime game-winning goal in a Stanley Cup final would have any amount of, you know, quote-unquote controversy. That's a bummer 
for a championship series and a big moment in a hockey series for that to be the case. Anybody who was watching it realizes the Avalanche were overwhelming the Lightning in overtime. I mean, it was... It looked like they had six men on the ice for the entirety of overtime. The puck was barely on the other side of the ice. A goal was coming. Vasilevsky was standing on his head and doing everything he can, but a goal was coming one way or the other. And the other thing, for what it's worth, the six man being on the ice clearly had nothing to do with them scoring the goal. It's a bummer. It shouldn't be what happens in that type of situation, but... It's hard for me to think that the wrong team won last night. Like I, I think these become greater controversies if in your heart of hearts you believe. I put this out when, um, when Alexander Zverev had to retire from the, the semifinals of the French Open. It's one thing if a guy who's down like a, a set, who's getting his ass kicked, then gets a gift because another player gets hurt and you get to move on. It creates a bit of controversy about winning... A championship. Raphael Nadal was up a set. They were getting ready for another tie break, and he was playing great. And the overwhelming likely scenario was that he was going to win the match anyway. And that's sort of the way that I feel about this last night. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that there's this thing that holds over, but it's not as if it's a situation where you think the wrong team won. I get it. It's sports. The Lightning very well. Could have all they needed was one opportunity. And maybe Vasilevsky was going to keep standing on his head. If they had gotten the call right, maybe he keeps standing on his head and delivers this just brilliant performance that drags out double overtime. And ultimately Lightning managed to find a way to get one. But the Avalanche were dominant. I mean, they were dominant in overtime last night. So I don't feel as though there was any sort of travesty. I don't feel like it was a miscarriage of, of, of hockey justice. I think the right team won. I think the team that was going to win won the game. It just so happens to be that they had six guys on the ice, and they did. They're up 3-1. That series will go back to um, Colorado on Friday with a chance for the Avalanche to close it out. As we just talked about briefly with Kenny Albert, it is a little bit different because it's the Lightning and because they've won back-to-back Stanley Cups, and because they've been up against the wall, and, like, they... This is not a typical situation of a team being down 3-1 where you just say, it's it's definitely over. The Lightning being down 3-1, they could come back. They could. How good the Avalanche have been, just how dominant they've been throughout the course of these playoffs how loaded they are, that makes it harder to fathom. I mean, this has just been the best team since this thing got underway. They are. They are really impressive. I mean, I get it, other than goaltending. Everything else, they're really good. So um, I, I don't see it. I'm, I'm again feeling glad that I hedged my uh, lightning bet before the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup. Make a couple bucks on that. Feel good about that. Not that you know, like I, not that I've done anything. Not that I've accomplished anything. But um, I am, I am happy personally that it's played out that way. We'll see. Game five again on Friday night out in Denver. Um, from from Joe. Joe chimes in this morning and says, 
Glenn, appreciate all the talk about Tony Saragusa. Was absolutely my favorite player. I am much fatter than you. Well, thank you, Joe. I, I don't know if it was... I'm much fatter than you, and I will tell you that for every fat kid everywhere, Tony Saragusa was an absolute icon. We loved Tony Saragusa and Jack Black. They were our favorite people on the face of the planet because it felt like they were representing for us. I have tried to get into better shape. Admittedly, I've struggled with it, and I don't know what Tony dealt with health-wise over the years. I hope that he did not suffer in his final moments. I was grateful for having someone as a fat kid that made me feel like I could strive to accomplish and be someone and be as beloved as Tony Saragusa was. I don't, I don't know that fat people are a marginalized people. I don't know that most fat people like to identify as fat. <laughs> Joe, I don't, you might be in the, the, the rare breed. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there are others who are. We're, cele- you know, we're doing the, the boys of Hamden thing, and we'll be at K&S. I haven't done a good job. I'm so sorry. I haven't done a good job. We've had a lot going on this week. Going to be a KNS Automotive on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a sexy car wash. I've got the, the hot dog Speedo. If you're there for me, I'll wash your car in the hot dog Speedo. If I don't know you, I, I might do the, like, the warm-up pants or something. I haven't decided exactly how it's going to go, but I've got a hot dog Speedo for this sexy car wash at KNS Automotive on Saturday. Please come join us. I think Tony Saragusa would I think that give him a I think he would get a great kick out of it. Um you know, body positivity, whatever it is that you want to call it. I I felt it. It's kind of a fat kid growing up, 100%. I felt it. I felt like it was cool to see someone who was not classically good looking but yet was able to accomplish so many things and be as beloved a figure as, as Tony Saragusa was. I definitely, Joe, felt that. I know, I know what it is that you're referencing, and I felt it as a kid who was, a, who was a, again, not, not obese, not you know, morbidly obese, nothing like that, but was a bit of a fat kid. It was definitely pudgy, was definitely um, chunky growing up. I appreciated um, Tony Saragusa and, and kind of felt like a kinship and I think a lot of people felt a bit of a kinship you know it was funny we were talking yesterday like the kinship that was shared between Tony Saragusa and Art Donovan was quite special I mentioned that Tony was probably the closest thing we had to Art Donovan I know Art Donovan loved Tony Saragusa loved spending time with him loved doing events with him the connection that those two made was very special I mean extraordinarily special frankly the connection that those two shared and from Jeff, Jeff says, do, uh, Glenn, I didn't have a lot of interactions personally with Tony Saragusa. It was more watching from afar. What I will tell you is that the times that everybody else spent with Tony Saragusa, Saragusa were so meaningful to me that I found myself wanting to seek him out. There was just something so larger than life. Everybody keeps using that term larger than life. And probably because of his size, right? Like, it went along with it. That's the larger than life that comes from that. He was so larger than life. He was such an incredible presence for everyone that it just made you want to root so much more for the team. To your point, the Ravens would have always mattered because they were winning Super Bowls and they had Hall of Fame players. But there was something about Tony that made it more unique for this community. Yep. Yep. 1,000%. Yep. Um, 
Jalen Ferguson's family has put out a statement this morning. Um, it comes from the Twitter account of of his wife. Uh, quote, is it, with, it is with deep sadness that we acknowledge the unexpected passing of our beloved Jalen Ferguson. Jalen was a loving father, son, brother, fiancé, and an exceptional athlete. His kindness, big heart, and infectious personality will be missed by so many, but his legacy will continue. We wholeheartedly appreciate the calls, texts, and posts of support from his many friends and fans upon learning of this tragedy. Despite the speculation in earlier reports, at this point in time, the course, the cause of Jalen's death has not yet been determined. Sorry, has yet to be determined. I can't even read sometimes. This is one of the darkest moments in our lives, and we are still, we are all still utterly shocked. We ask that you please respect our privacy as we navigate through this difficult time. Again, thank you to everyone for the love shown, and a special thanks to the Baltimore Ravens and Louisiana Tech University from the family of Jalen Ferguson. It's a very difficult, just an extraordinarily difficult week. There is really nothing else to be said. An extraordinarily difficult week for um, for everyone in our community. Let's go ahead and start winding down. Um, today's show has also been brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're trying to give you a backyard barbecue for your friends and family. And you don't have to buy anything. It's amazing. Go right now to glorydaysgrill.com. You can just sign up. You better damn well invite your boy. You win the, the backyard barbecue from Glory Days Grill. There better be an invite for your friend, your pal, GC. That better occur. But what an awesome prize they're giving away right now. You don't even have to go in. You could just go to glorydaysgrill.com. Now, while you're there, what I'd encourage you to do is get an order in. Lunch, dinner, whatever. Get your order in. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website. Summer seasonal menu is coming soon. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Tidbit of the day, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the best place to be for every event, but specifically for things like UFC fights. UFC 276 is coming up next Saturday night, one week from this Saturday. And you can pay it, you can buy it, you can order the pay-per-view if you want. Or, for free, you can go watch it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Oh, and you might be making money. You might come out plus... Because you can bet on all the fights, all the various prop bets, all of those things in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's that simple. If you want to reserve your spot, make sure you've got a table. You've got maybe friends that want to come out and watch it with you. What's that like, having friends? It's got to be nice. Colleagues, whoever it is, email events at sportssocialmd.com. Get your table, get your set of reclining chairs, whatever it is. UFC 276 Nine days from today, one week from Saturday night, Israel Adesanya in action. Make sure you're there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. What you got, Griffin? All right, so I, I wanted to keep it uh, keep keep everything related to Tony Saragusa, and uh, I mean, there's there's really no stat for like run stopping or or uh, or you know what he brought you know to the locker room and that kind of thing. So it was hard to kind of come up with something, but uh, I wanted to keep it you know defensive lineman focused, um, and so. Uh, kind of a multi-parter. I'm gonna have gonna ask you Ravens related, and then also NF, just NFL all time in general. So, 
go with the uh, the top seven seasons for an NFL D lineman all time, and most so most tackles in a season by a defensive lineman. And and so and, okay. and tackles also didn't really become a uh, a stat until like two thousand one. So it'll be since two thousand one. Your, uh, your player Aaron, pool, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald in a season? No, really, not top seven. So this is the difficult part: is figuring out who they're counting as defensive linemen. Yes, yeah. So it's like so edge, this rush, almost, so edge rushers do go in there. Yeah, this becomes almost impossible because of that. <laughs> like I'm just being like, if they're all edge rushers, JJ uh, Watt. JJ Watt is number one. He appears twice, sixty-nine in two thousand twelve. Most tackles by a defensive by a defensive lineman in a single season. Um, Richard Seymour. No, Richard Seymour, not top seven. Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp, also not top seven. I mean, these are defensive tackles is the problem. Like, I'm Yeah. This is not there a... Was no, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't able to find them this, to, like, specifically this is, this call is not tackles. A, this is not a good... This is not a... This is not guy a that good. just won a Super Bowl down in... Guy that just won a Super Bowl. You're, so you're just, you're just, you're just down going down in this Tampa. route. You're yeah. just going this route. Guy that just won a Super Bowl down in Tampa. Damakong Sue? No, not Sue. Vita Vea? No. Fireworks accident. Oh, Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah, in twenty eleven he had sixty six. That's the okay. second most. I mean I was, I was Uh all right. <laughs> all right, well Charles Grant, sixty six as well in two thousand four. Okay, sure. Orpheus Roy. <laughs> okay. In two thousand five. Sure. Jared Allen. Sure. Had 64. I might have gotten Jerry yeah, Allen at 2006. Some point, and then maybe. Kelly Gregg is the seventh. Uh, how about he that? He had 63 in 2003. Do you think you could name the top seven Ravens most tackles as a as a defensive lineman? <laughs> it just depends on who they count as a defensive line. This is the this is what makes this nearly impossible, right? I think you can do it. Michael McCrary. Michael McCrary, not tackles, but he did he does have the most sacks all the time. I, I know for Ravens. I, it's just depend it's just for Ravens defensive lineman. Who they're counting as a defensive lineman is a difficult part of this. So like when outside you think, linebackers are, are being counted. So Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs. Who in no way is a defensive <laughs> lineman in any sort of capacity. He had forty seven in twenty thirteen. This is the absurdity of this. Like they, also had forty seven in two thousand six. I mean, maybe he was playing so a little bit more on at, at, on the line at that. Maybe in 2006, maybe he was. But in 2013, he sure as F was not. I would have to think about whether he was in 2006. In 2013, he was most certainly not a down lineman in any capacity, which is why this is the absurdity of this exercise is right. just standing well, out to me. All right, Peter Bulware. Bulware not on there. <laughs> all right, I got one more. How about who has the most uh, set top guys with uh, the most sacks as a defensive lineman in Ravens history? Specifically. You already said McCray. McCray is is one. He has fifty one by a wide margin. McCray has the most sacks. That's a defensive lineman is the part that keeps coming back to me. Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs is second. Not a defensive lineman. Twenty seven and a half sacks in his Ravens career. What? Wait, say that again. He had twenty seven and a half sacks. They're trying to say that he had twenty seven and a half sacks as a lineman. As a in his, Raven, in his this, Ravens career, he had plenty more than twenty seven and a half sacks. I guess in his yeah, Ravens I guess it is career. as a lineman. Stop. This is All we right. got to throw this away. I I appreciate you were yeah. trying to do something it, I, here. I, this is absurd. I was trying. And this is just I was patently trying hard. I'm sorry. It's patently absurd. Everything about this is so. I, by the way, and this is a dip, it's a bigger problem with positions in the NFL where there's edge and there's defensive tackle. That's what there is. Trying to per- portray anything else as being outside linebacker. Rush end, anything. There's edge and there's interior defensive tackle. That's what there is. And I get it. It's very broad at that point. But that's there's the only way of trying to differentiate and 
and say, well, hey, on these, and maybe, I don't know who you got this number from, maybe they really did try to go through every snap and figure out when Terrell Suggs was lined up more on the line versus when he was standing up and and back as a back. Like, maybe they really did do that work, you, whoever your source is. Yeah, uh, from StatMuse. So maybe I they no, did. They, I, I mean, they, they in 48 not exactly. games, Terrell Suggs had 27 and a half sacks, so he played more than 48 games. So I, it sounds more likely that they're basing that off of, for a few years, Terrell Suggs was specifically listed. This is 48 games is three seasons. Right. So for three seasons, they specifically listed Terrell, Terrell Suggs as a defensive end instead of as an outside linebacker. And again, like when he my first, apologies, when he first my came apologies. in, it's just it's just an impossibility at this point to separate for for defensive line. And Tony Saragusa was very specifically a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. the way that like Brandon Williams specifically a defensive tackle, the way that you know Warren Sapp specifically a defensive tackle, um, Haloti Nada a defensive tackle. So it, it's just tough. It's tough. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at a lot of other things. It's a very difficult thing to do. Tubulars brought to you by Simply the Bets. Simply the Bets. Every Tuesday morning at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Try to get you ready. Try to help you make some money every Tuesday. Every other Thursday at 11.40, we bring you Weekend at Bookies. Obviously not today. It'll be back next Thursday. Every Tuesday, Simply the Bets. Every other Thursday, Weekend at Bookies. All brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right, here's what's coming up tonight on Mass and Orioles. White Sox, 8 o'clock, Dean Kramer and Johnny Cueto. The pitching matchup, if you happen to live in the Houston or New York markets, you can watch it on MLB Network. MLB Network, Giants, Braves, noon, Cardinals, Brewers, 3.30, Astros, Yankees, 7, Phillies, Padres, 11. Uh, ESPN, big game, elimination game in the College World Series between Ole Miss and Arkansas at 4. Then the NBA draft tonight at 7.30. It's also on ABC. Uh, CBS Sports Network, Indiana Fever, Dallas Wings at 8, Washington Mystics, Seattle Storm at 10, Golf Channel, Round 1 of the PGA Travelers Championship at 3, WWE Network, NXT UK at 3, Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Non-sports, anything that stands out? NBA Draft tonight, did you mention that? I, I did. Oh, okay. Yes, very much so. At- MasterChef Junior finale tonight at 8 on Fox. Uh, let's see, Impractical Jokers, new episode of that. Colin Jost will be with the Jokers on True TV. Uh, may you enjoy it. Uh, new episode of The Old Man on FX with Jeff Bridges. Looks looks kind of interesting. I haven't checked it out yet. But okay. Are you a Beavis and Butthead fan? I mean, I was. Okay. was a kid. Well, there's yes. a movie. They're coming out. Be- Beavis and Butthead do yeah, the I universe saw something about that. on Paramount+. Plus. That I is out today. That. Um, and those are those are the highlights. Okay. Very yeah. good. Find it all at glenclarkradio.com. Uh, thanks today to uh, Kenny Albert. Thanks also to Lionel Jelly, Jelly Roll Dalton, as well as to Stephen Means, who's back with the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, as we mentioned on the program tomorrow, Kelly Gregg's going to join us to share his own memories. We will do our MLB draft segment for the week with Keith Law. I hope we can work it out to do our Bowie thing. It's been a tough week. Been a tough week. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill. Royal Farms, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan, at Ryan. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Thursday night. Um, go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We love you. Tony Saragusa. <laughs>